and welcome to The Franchise Life. I am your host, Stacey Shannon. Today, we have a very exciting brand with us. Um, and I do say that on occasion. So I, I that's not just a standard opener for me, but this is a brand that is unlike any other franchise brand in the industry. And the name of the brand is Resting Rainbow Pet Memorials and Creation. And with us today, we have Jamie Levine, who is the Vice President of Franchise Development for the brand. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you, Stacy. I appreciate you having me. And just to clarify, it's uh, Resting Rainbow Pet Memorials and Cremation. I think you said creation. I like that too, <laughs> but it is cremation. <laughs> Just to clarify, we're not, cre we, we do have a service that offers cloning though. So that is kind of creating. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thanks for clarifying that for me. You know, that's the beauty of doing these podcasts. You know, it, we are human beings, so we're going to make mistakes. Um, but oh my gosh, cloning. Well, that's a whole discussion we need to get into. That's a whole nother, whole nother yeah. topic. See, it's a happy accident. Like what? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, Jamie. So Resting Rainbow, it is a brand that has one corporate location today and does not have any franchise locations as of yet. I know you have significant interest in the brand but they did just start franchising here in 2023. So this is exactly where every franchise brand that has grown to date has started. So it's securing that first franchisee and that's the hardest one to get after that. You'll, we'll just see this brand explode, but take us into what Rusting Rainbow is and how it came about. Yeah, so 70% of households have pets, as we all know, and that's going to keep growing. Um, and unfortunately, it's it's inevitable. All pets are going to pass away, and we have to say goodbye in a professional and dignified manner, right? Uh, so it is pet cremation, and and it's sad, um, and, and that's going to be probably the biggest pushback we will get from candidates like, oh, I don't know if I can be in a sad business, but it, it happens and it, and it's with all animals, right? A lot of the pet care franchises out there are focusing on just dogs or cats. This is people are cremating all, most of their pets, dogs, cats, rabbits, ferrets, gerbils <laughs> wow. and birds and even iguanas you'd be shocked um so the business is working with the public and the community to give them a service to say goodbye to their animals where they don't have to work directly with the veterinarians now we still are going to do a ton of that business um but we want to create a business to consumer opportunity that these people can come to directly to us, will, which will cost them a lot less money, right? Um, so it's a multi-revenue stream model. It's going to do private pet cremation, which is really important to emphasize the word private. There's some cremation companies out there that 
mom and pop, which is what your competition is, is mom and pop that will do communal community, community cremation. So when you get your, your pet cremations back ashes, it's not just your animal, right? Um, so we're focused on private pet cremation. Um, and we're, you know, award offering rush services. It's typically takes, you know, seven to 10 business days for, um, a pet to be processed, but clients can get same day or next day service, but they pay extra for that. Clients can actually watch the, the process happen, which I know for most people are like, I wouldn't do that, but believe it or not, people want that for closure. And of course we charge for that. People have pet funerals in our corporate location and we, we charge $1,500 for a pet funeral, you know, for two to three hours of time in the space. It's, it's nuts. And then of course there's the memorial urns and jewelry and uh, so forth that, that go on from there. And then pet pickup, um, DNA testing, autopsy, and cloning, as we just mentioned. Um, but we we need to find those early adopters that can see the the giant fragmented industry and the opportunity, and gets looks at that those numbers and and really sees like holy cow, here's an opportunity. And our first ten franchisees, just like any brand new emerging franchise, or there are puppies. We are going to give them so much time and attention, and it's going to be imperative for them to succeed, for our franchise to succeed. And so we're going to be focusing drastically on our first 10 franchisees more than more than we ever will because of that success that's needed. Yeah. So this is, this is, a topic that is very near and dear to many people's hearts. I mean, as you mentioned today, over 70% of households have a pet. And um, we we had a dog, Shady, for 10 years. He was an adopted dog. We got him at four years of age. And I will tell you that when we had to put him down um, due to his failing health and so forth, that was one of the hardest decisions that we've ever gone through because as human beings, we don't have, I mean, that's just not a decision that we're used to making, right? Is to end a life. It's just not a natural decision. So, um, and our pets become like, humans in our (laughs) they do they are absolutely and now I have a mini golden doodle miles who now that my kids are grown they're out of the house miles has been elevated it's like miles then my husband husband. and my kids (laughs) (laughs) um and uh, and they all know that so (laughs) but exactly um, you know it's And when we had to put him down and take him to a veterinarian, um, it was cold. It was, I mean, they they did the best they could by giving us a blanket, you know, giving us time. But it's not like being in the comfort of your own home where, you know, all those memories are and where your dog's going to be the most comfortable or your pet. So I can truly see Um, so much value and comfort that is brought to families. 
And yeah. I know, Jamie, you mentioned that, you know, even though it's a sad business kind of, um, another broker friend of mine yesterday shared a situation where their dog passed away after Christmas this past year, and they actually had someone come to their house. Um, so very similar service of what Resting Rainbow offers. And she said it was one of the best experiences of her yep. life. And ironically, it was a veterinarian who came and owns the business. And she said that this is so much more rewarding because she's going into homes where pets have been loved. And so, you know, and that's one of the service resting rainbows offers, believe it or not. I didn't, I didn't mention that when I was listening off to other things, but we will offer home euthanasia and that's a huge, huge upside. We, our franchisees will partner with a veterinarian, just like that doctor you were just referencing. And it's a package deal. The cost will be the cost of the vet coming to your home and doing the, the euthanasia and the pet pickup, as well as the cremation. Um, and so it's a package deal. Veterinarians, people don't realize, but the veterinarians aren't the ones doing the cremation. They're using companies like ours to do that because they very few veterinarians have their own cremator um, to be able to do that. So they're just brokering and partnering with a company like ours. Um, but when you create those relationships and you create that better experience, that's what, that's what it is. Doing something better for people. If you had a good experience, let's keep it going for other people. If you had a bad experience, let's do better for everybody else, right? I mean, it's, I think it's the same, sim it's a similar thing of people getting into home care. They had a great experience or they had a bad experience. Sure. And, you know, the people that I think are going to be interested in Resting Rainbow have big empathetic hearts mm -hmm. and, you know, very passionate. And we'll see that side of it. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So, you know, it, with this type of business, um, who are you marketing to? I mean, when a franchise owner comes on, you know, one of the benefits of the franchise model, of course, is all of the support from the, the corporate location, which includes marketing. So who are you marketing to? Because, you know, listening to you talk, this is very much, it's a business to consumer, but it also with the various services can be a business to business. Uh, it's actually like more, it's currently it's 75% B2B in our corporate location and 25% B2C. We want to flip that switch and be more B2C, obviously, um, because the profit margins are higher. But the, the business to business is first and foremost veterinarians. So our franchisees are going to partner with as many veterinarians as possible. And some of the early pushback I've gotten from uh, for the first set of candidates is, but well, how, how are you going to compete when they're probably already doing business with another pet cremator? Um, easy. We pay them more. 
<laughs> and and that's what we'll see, what a, a candidate will see in my item 19. The second half of last year, we changed how much we paid the veterinarians. And by doing so, it almost doubled, if not more than doubled, the number of cases, which is a case is a pet, um, than we had before because we started paying them more. But what it also did is it increased our business to consumer because when the pet owner receives the ashes, it's all packaged with our name. And they started getting curious and started inquiring, going to the website and so forth. And then word of mouth happened. So by paying the vets more, we got more business um, from them, but we also got more business from the business consumer. So now moving forward, one of the other pieces we are going to create with business to business is actually creating more referral programs with other pet care professionals. So people that are in the dog boarding, retail, training, grooming, dog walking, all of those other pet professionals, we want to create relationships with in a referral program. We're going to create national accounts, but before we create those national accounts, we want our franchisees to create those relationships. Our mapping program that I've designed is going to show us where all the veterinarians are and all of those types of businesses are. So when they get their territory, we're going to be like, here's all these businesses, right? Um, so they'll create those relationships. But the bigger, bigger opportunity, obviously, is the business to consumer because very few people know that they can go directly to a cremating company like this because they don't know. There's no educational awareness of it. So the goal here is to create marketing with Facebook ads and getting into the Facebook pet groups, which is huge. Mm -hmm. um, it, getting into uh, you know um, educational blogging and so forth, Google AdWords, pay-per-click, the normal stuff. But the bigger picture is getting involved in the community, having our franchisees partner with these other pet care professionals to do events. You know, if there's a farmer's market, get a pop-up tent and go shake some hands and pet some dogs, right? Um, partner with rescues or SPCAs. Um, if the, a, a dog passes at a rescue or SPCA, offer to cremate that dog for free right? Sponsor some events, et cetera. And then in some cases, um, it's different per state, but even connect with your law for your, your law enforcement. And you're probably like, why would I do that? Well, the law enforcement has to collect drugs, right? Those drugs have to be, to get they have to burn them. Who else, who's better to burn those drugs than you? right? Now, there may be some certification for that and so forth, depending on what state you're in, but how better to get a partner with your community than the law enforcement, right? So that's those are parts of the, the opportunity for the business to consumer side. But currently, our item 19 shows 75% of our business is coming from the veterinarians, 25% with business to consumer, and we're at a 35.8% EBITDA. When we increase, put more, maybe 50-50 or hopefully 75-25, sky's yeah. the limit. And, uh, incredible. I had not even thought about that um, as far as all the different, I, I mean, I know there's a lot of different revenue streams, but when you mentioned the law enforcement and the different ways that that uh 
cremator, whatever the <laughs> property uh, is. Cremator, incinerator, you know. <laughs> Could be used. I mean, that just opens up a whole nother world of opportunity there. Um, okay, sticking with the model, this clearly is a brick and mortar. We've talked about services for pets. I mean, you have the incinerator. What does... Um, a resting rainbow location look like? Can you just kind of walk us through what that build out would be comprised of? Yeah, that's an awesome question. And ultimately it's the hardest part is finding a light industrial space that is EPA certified for a cremator or incinerator, basically a large furnace, right? Um, good news is there's no smell. <laughs> there's no smoke, by the way. So um, to, to, you know, get rid of any, you know, concerns there, but it, there is a air license, EPA, right? So you have to find a light industrial space that allows that. Again, going back to the mapping program, my I have been able to create a thing that shows us where all the other, all the light industrial is, as well as where other cremation businesses are. So if there exists a cremation business there, we know that we can be there, right? Um, so that's the hardest part is light industrial. It can it also can be on agricultural land, actually. So when we get candidates out of Idaho and Pennsylvania and those types of places that have agricultural land, that's automatically EPA um, available. So if they want to build a metal building, you know, that type of thing. But otherwise, light industrial, there's class A and class B. Need 2,000 to 3,500 square feet. It has to be zoned, you know, for the cremator and go through the EPA licensing. Um, they need a backspace, which is more like industrial for the actual cremator. They need a small office space. They need a memorial space to do the pet funerals and to have the urns. And they need a processing part of the um, business, which is for uh, things like creating the the mementos like the paw prints and you know those types of things uh so the class a is nicer right higher end light industrial um but also means higher rent mm -hmm. and then there's class b which is more of the hood <laughs> or the ghetto area it's low rent um, and our honestly, our corporate location is in a class B location um, because in that county, Miami uh, Dade County of Florida, that's the only place they'll allow it. Um, so, but our rent's really, really low. It's like, I think like two grand a month or something like that. And when I visited, I was like, ooh. And, you know, one of the founders after a few days, I'm like, what do you think, Jamie? I'm like, I gotta say, the only thing I can say negative is, this place is sketch looking coming in. When you get in the door, it's great. It's sure. like, did I just enter a new world here? <laughs> but going in and I was like, I don't know. This feels like it would cause me a problem. He goes, but Jamie, have you seen, do you count how many people have been dropping off their pets and picking up their remains and how the phone's been ringing off the hook? I'm like, yeah. He goes, it's not stopping anybody from doing business with us. And it's not, right? And that was just like, head trash in my head like oh i thought it, it would have to be pretty and it doesn't have to be um but it can be if if a franchisee would prefer that but what's really cool as well stacy is like the multi-unit model i compare it to dunkin donuts model right so dunkin donuts franchisees they buy 
a production center and then multiple retail fronts, right? Mm-hmm. The one production center creates, makes all the donuts and they just deliver the donuts. With this model, if they went with say three units, they'd only need one incinerator and they can just get cold storage for the other smaller retail units in a nicer area uh, for people to drop off pets and they put the pets in the cold storage until somebody can come pick it up. And in that one spot where they have an incinerator, instead of starting with a two chamber cremator, they could go with a four, six or eight chamber cremator and just have all the production at that one site and still have pet drop off at all three. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Kind of like a spoken wheel type of model. Um, Yeah. You know, when you initially were talking through the warehouse space for the incinerator and so forth, that would be required. Initially, I'm thinking, okay, why wouldn't somebody just have the warehouse space in that sketchy class B type of environment and then um have a, a nicer store, space. yeah a nicer space for and they could they the could absolutely do that. so it sounds yeah. like there's a lot of flexibility depending on the individual and how they want to present themselves to the community and to the market right some yeah. markets are higher income and are going to need something a little bit upper class for the drop-off areas and stuff like that and some are not um so but a lot of um, a lot of our business is through pickup, pet pickup, uh, and you know people are calling and they don't want to put their their deceased animal in the car to bring down to you, even if it was a classy joint, right? They just don't want their deceased pet. So a good portion of our business is pet pickup, where we will go pick up the pet and and we're charging seventy five plus dollars for that. But what's unique about it is it's not just somebody, I was talking to a consultant earlier today who said, I have this awful memory of when our dog died as a kid, this guy came in with a duffel bag and put our dog in and walked off. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's horrendous. So what we do with the pet pickup is there's a Ford Transit van with a gurney like you would see in an ambulance and has a casket and nice blankets. They go into the home with the gurney and the casket, set the pet in the casket, and they allow the family to say goodbye. And then they put the pet in the transit and leave, right? Um, so it's a so the drop-off part is is important. Um, but there's a lot of business that's pick up too. But but bottom line is, is there's there is absolutely flexibility. So if somebody doesn't want that that class B area and they think it's going to affect their business, then they can do a smaller, you know, retail, but that just means more rent right. and it's going to cut into their bottom dollar. So we're not going to encourage that, but we're not going to say no either. Um, we have proof in the pudding that it doesn't affect the business. Yeah. And I love that. Okay. Let's talk. We've talked about all these different revenue streams. We've talked about um, the pickup, we've talked about delivery. So what does the staffing model look like for a single location? With a staffing model, we only require three unskilled people to start. And at the most, when it if, if a franchisee chooses to have production done 24-7, at the most, they'll probably see about six people, give or take, right? Depending on if they're part-time and full-time. But the three major people is the front of house, 
or manager. That person needs to be very organized, empathetic, and maybe have a little sales skills because they're the ones that are greeting people that come in to pick up ashes and drop off their deceased pet. And they have to have empathy because they're going to be crying um, and they have to walk them through the process of what's going to happen, explain it to them and upsell a little bit on urns and jewelry, et cetera. Right. Um, that person also is going to help manage the drivers and the, that do pick up and transport uh, as well as manage the technician. But their other job is to make sure that each case is going through the process properly. And we have an amazing technology platform for that. The second person is the technician. Again, this is an unskilled laborer. Um, we, you can, we'll train them. It, they can easily be trained. And they're the ones that are processing the pet. So you do have to have somebody that's not squeamish, obviously, um, but they are going through the process of taking the pet all the way from start to finish. Um, and then you have pickup drivers or transportation drivers. These people are usually the first two are W-2 or the owner. And the second, the last one, the pickup drivers is usually a 1099. The technician um, could, or the front of house could do pickup at first until needed. But otherwise, once you get the, the pickups happening frequently, because that you want to offer that 24 seven, just in case a pet passes in the middle of the night, that's a 1099 person. And you just pay them, you know, per pickup type of deal. So that's it. It's three unskilled laborers and it just requires training and they have to be empathetic and not squeamish. Um, and so some people may think that's probably harder than you think. It's really not. Um, it will, you may kiss a couple of frogs um, because it, not everybody can handle it. Um, but we even encourage people to consider hiring from Department of Corrections, um, which yes, I know that sounds awful. Hire a criminal. Yeah, to be a technician, they're not going into clients' homes. They're they're taking care of the animals, right? And they need a second chance, et cetera. American Disability Act, American Veteran Act. You can get up to a 30% payroll reduction for that. So that's one of the great things about this model. There is very low employees. I love it. And I can't tell you how many times recently I've been hearing I want a model that either has zero employees or low employees. So mm -hmm. that's good to hear. So this it this does have a 24-7 aspect to it, though, for the removal, correct? Yeah, for the removal and production. Um, so we don't require franchisees to, to run the production 24-7. Um, they won't need to at, at first anyways, but they may choose to because it's a furnace. It can, it can handle it. Um, and, and by the way, I, I don't know if you plan on talking about the equipment, but that, that cremator can last 30 to 50 years if taken care of. Um, so it's an, a piece of heavy equipment that once paid off is pure profit model, almost a pure profit model for you. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, the, I forgot what I was just talking about. I just had a squirrel moment. 24 seven. 24-7. Thank you. 
<laughs> so yes, the production can be 24 seven if they want to, if they choose to. Um, but the pet pickup you want to offer is 24 seven. If you're doing pet pickup in the middle of the night, you're charging more for it. There's a premium sure. to that. Um, but people need their pet taken out of their home because if they have children in the house, it could be very traumatic for them. Right. Um, and so it's an important service to offer. So yes, there is a 24 uh, seven component to it, but it's very easy to manage because you just have a broadcasting situ system with your technicians. I mean, your pickup drivers, excuse me. And you say, this is the pickup. And if you have more than one, so maybe you have several that are just part-timers because they're 1099 and they can say, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Right. So yes. Yeah. And what's nice about, I mean, that, especially if you have multiple drivers on hand, there's flexibility and your app to not run into staffing problems in, in that respect. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about our ideal franchise owner. I know that we've mentioned empathy and a passion for animals, definitely. Um, you know, if it is an owner operator type situation, I heard you say some salesmanship skills, you know, would be nice to have or required. So what does our ideal franchise owner look like? Yeah. And those sales skills are the sales of the, these memorials and stuff are really easy. It doesn't take much. So it's, it's definitely nice to have, but it kind of comes naturally because people want to memorialize their pets in the most beautiful way possible. And in a lot of cases, not all, but money's not an object. Right. right? Um, so uh, but otherwise, our ideal candidate is definitely somebody that loves animals and loves community because our goal, big, hairy, audacious goal is to go as after as much consumer business as possible. They've got to be willing to get into that community and create relationships. Right. So they have to have that passion for animals and passion for uh, for community. Um, otherwise it's really a not, there's, it's not rocket science. This is something that business is going to come very naturally because there's so many pets out there that are passing naturally. Right. Um, so we, I love looking at other pet franchises for this as an add-on model. I actually already have somebody that I helped award another pet care franchise to that has reached out is interested. Um, so I think it makes a, it makes a ton of sense. Um, going, looking at veterinarians, I think makes a ton of sense, but I love engineers and it people for this because there's two technology platforms that I think that they will geek out about, um, especially from an absentee model perspective, having an absentee model with two sets of technology that they can log into at any time to see what's going on with their business, with their furnace, their cremator, as well as with the process of uh, and how long it's taking, et cetera, for each step of the process is awesome. Um, but we're very open-minded. We don't know what we don't know yet when it comes to these franchisees, right? Uh, but business acumen, obviously, is an important piece of it. Um, they've got to be able to, if they're absentee or semi-absentee, manage their staff, manage their manager who manages the staff, manage their profit and loss, manage their trust and respect in, uh, in a reputation in the community, Um 
And it's, yeah, it, otherwise it's pretty easy. I, well, I hate using that word. It's not easy. It's, it's a simple model, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I do like the simplicity, but even more importantly, I like the relatableness of it is, mm-hmm. I mean, going back to how we open this up, over 70% of households own a pet and, and that just continues to grow. So, mm-hmm. you know, sharing a concept like this when you are out in the community and I mean, people can relate to it. I mean, many of us, I know you are an avid pet lover. Many, yes, of us, I have four dogs and a rabbit currently. <laughs> many of us have shared, you know, stories to share and have, you know, unfortunately lost a pet in the past. And, and we also know that people spend a ton of money on their pets. So mm-hmm. This is just an extension. And I love how you shared. And I honestly hadn't even given this thought. But, you know, for individuals that own a pet sitting or pet boarding um, business or for veterinarians or really anybody that owns a pet business, this is just a great extension and opportunity for diversification. Yeah, exactly. Especially if they've already created the trust and respect in the community with their dog training business, with their retail business, whatever the case may be, they people already trust them. So now let us take care of your pet in the aftercare when you're saying goodbye. And it, it, it seems like a no brainer to me. Yep. I couldn't agree more. All right. So on a last note, let let's touch on the investment level. So what does the total investment level look like um, for a single location with Resting Rainbow? Sure. So uh, I'm just going to round up to the nearest thousand dollars to make it easy. Um, But it's 198,000 upwards to 459,000. That's a big gap. The major reason for the big gap is two major things. Either A, if they finance their equipment, um, which is awesome because this is a very equipment heavy asset based business, there's great options for financing. Um, So the other part is is the cold storage. Um, They can either start with two chest freezers, um, which is way cheaper than going going with a walk-in um, cold storage. Uh, so that those are the two major reasons for the for the significant difference between the low and the high side. Um, so it's high, but again, it is really great to get financing for because it's asset based. But the other big thing is the depreciation of the equipment. Because it's heavy equipment, um, check with your CPA. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of uh, depreciation tax write-offs. So for other business owners that do have, they're trying to diversify their portfolio, but something that they can do more tax write-offs in, boom, here we go. I love it. And then I know that we have to be careful about performance claims, Um, but you did mention that uh, this has an extensive item 19. So for individuals listening that are not familiar with the terminology item 19, that is a section of a franchise disclosure document where it 
every franchise brand has the opportunity to share financial information. And in this case, it's based on the corporate locations. And can you just give us some highlights of what that eight page item 19 looks like? Yeah, it's really significant, and it got it was another reason that got me super excited um, because the margins are crazy. So, um, the item nineteen it has data from uh, Q one slash Q two of twenty two, Q three slash Q four of twenty two. So we have it broken out into to two six months, and then we have Q one and Q two of twenty twenty three in there. Um, so the reason why we broke it out by every six months was because in 22, we changed the how much we paid the veterinarians. So we want to be able to show the difference of what it did to the average ticket because people are going to look at like, whoa, the average ticket went down. Yes, because we gave the veterinarians more, but look at the number of cases, number of cases doubled, right? And then look at our business consumer has increased drastically, right? So, but I met, I think I mentioned it earlier, but for the first half of this year, for uh, 2023, Q1 and Q2, we did a little over 387,000 in gross sales. And we have a 35.8% EBITDA. So that's a little over $138,000 in EBITDA just for the first six months. Now, here's the kicker, Stacy. That was with a one-chamber cremator. Mm-hmm. Our franchisees start off with a two-chamber cremator at the minimum. So that means their opportunity... Can't guarantee it, obviously, but their opportunity to is is doubled for production because they have two chambers at a minimum versus just one chamber like our corporate location has. Very impressive. I mean, those margins are just unbelievable. And this is certainly a business. I mean, when you look at attributes of a business model that, you know, individuals are seeking recession resistant, it's B2B, B2C, it's a need-based business, and it's a low employee-based business, and it's simplistic. I mean, this is, this is not a fad. I mean, these services have been around for years and years and years. It's just now we are blessed to have a business such as Resting Rainbow that is now going to become a national brand through the franchising model. So Jamie, thank you so, so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, You are so well-respected throughout the entire franchise community. Um, So I know that this brand is going to grow just substantially. And I can't wait to bring some great clients your way. Thank you, Stacy. I appreciate that. Your kind words. And I, when you reached out for me to be on the podcast, I was so excited. I called the founders. I was like, we're going to be on Stacy Shannon's podcast. And they're (laughs) like, who's Stacy Shannon? I was like, She's awesome. (laughs) So they know, thank you for the opportunity to spread the message. You know, 
the owners are excited. Um, you know, the founders are excited to to grow the brand, and um, they're new to franchising, so you know they don't under they don't know what to expect. And I said, we got to We're in education phase right now. We've got to educate the public and educate our consultants and stuff, um, so that they understand it and they can start presenting it. Um, so. It's exciting and I'm excited for the future. And I can't wait to see you at conference, Stacey, in yeah, October. Absolutely. Well, for anybody that is interested in learning more about Resting Rainbow Pet Memorial and Cremation, not creation, but cremation, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to share more. You can reach out to me at Stacy at fusionfranchising.com. Thank you and have a great day.